hello. This is uh, one uh, member of the Two Thumbs Undecided, Sam Ferguson. Hello, and that is, is that another member I'm hearing? Uh, hey, everybody, sorry. Oh, my goodness. I was traveling in, uh, from the um, holiday universe into this universe, um, a.k.a. Uh, I was just walking around. Hi, I'm Zach Ferguson. Hello. Do you have your mic plugged in? I do. Okay. Um, Does it sound very good? It sounds okay. Um. Hold on. Let me see if... Maybe it's one of those mics. Does this sound better? It does sound better, uh, but don't do that because it's actually kind of overmodulating. Aren't All we right. all? Uh, we are two, two thumbs, undecided. thumbs undecided. And I am hot. I am so cold. If uh, for fans of our show, um, you know and laugh with me that uh, I record this uh, radio show in a not like conditioned room like if it's if it's um summer it's super super hot like so hot and in the winter it's very cold i look like uh the two people at the end of snow piercer you know with all my bundles mm -hmm. wow but, that's uh, a very specific uh uh image you're, you're giving there yeah, I was I was trying to think of like what. Also, you shouldn't somebody... ruin the end of Snowpiercer at the beginning of our show. <laughs> no, I mean that's really. Here's the thing: you saying that ruined it. I think it um, makes it a spoiler. I like the viewers at home could be like, oh, why? Why would they have bundles on? Like maybe they're in a you know. Mm. And then you said it ruined it, so they could. Yeah, so no. you ruined it for them. That's true. My bad, guys. Uh, if it's you haven't okay. seen Snowpiercer, uh, it's the same guy that did Parasite. Um, and Ojo. One of my, uh, one of my, Ocho. one of my, an Okja, um, which actually was funny. Brad or not Brad Pitt? Leonardo DiCaprio just had an interview in which he said, uh, for some reason, he just was randomly talking about like how, basically, how theater is switching or like uh, movie theaters are like dying. But like he likes how streaming is like getting bigger, and then at the end of it, he was just like, "But you, now there's just like so many more weird films, like that Okja film about the giant hippopotamus." <laughs> and everyone's like, cool. "It's not a hippopotamus; it's a, it's pig. a pig, you idiot! Have you not <laughs> you seen <asshole>. the? <laughs> <laughs> Have you not seen the movie that you're referring to?" So, anyways, like, yeah. uh, I saw that, and I've seen Parasite too. That's you know, it's about um. Yeah, it's about uh, a family who gets food poisoning. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, yeah, uh, we're two thumbs undecided. Um, yeah. We do we talk about movies. This yeah. is a very special episode. We'll get to why uh, a little bit, but we have a very special guest on, mm -hmm. um, who will be coming towards the end of the show. This is also the last second to last episode. Our next episode, um, we're going to be doing a some. Best ofs. Uh, we'll be just kind of heralding in the new year. It's going to be really happy. Our next episode, nothing can go wrong. Uh, no. I think well, that's. I feel like Sam, you know, the rules of logic is you saying that. I feel like everything's going to go wrong. So I'm going to say it's going to be a normal episode. Next episode, we're just doing our top ten, or not top ten, our like top ten favorite I, moments. I'm going to do what you just did to me, and I'm going to say since you said that, now everything is going to go wrong. 
So if something goes wrong next week, I'm going to be pointing at you but the you, whole time. You, I hate to be like that seven-year-old kid, but like you, you kind of started it. I would have to say that's more like a... Uh, You're a patient zero. Patient X, if you will. I'm X. just saying you sound more like a six-year-old kid. Also, I think one of the things I need to be doing more often is reading these uh, uh, on-air mentions. So I'm going to be I doing that say. real quick. Uh, uh, okay. Radio Free Brooklyn's drink. Drive to Five fundraiser campaign is underway. In May, Radio Free Brooklyn turns five years old. Five. Oh! One year older than Zach. Um, yes. And we need to raise $25 billion. No, $25,000 so we can continue bringing you commercial-free. We have no commercials on this independent radio uh, for another five years. Because like HBO. if you have a kid when this show starts, the show will, your kid will be five by the time we run out of money. Um, if that just puts it into perspective. Because we think raising money should be fun, each month we'll be bringing listeners fun challenges with some great prizes. The first is your trivia quiz. Find out just how well you know RFB, uh, Radio Free Brooklyn. The top five scores will win a limited edition five-year anniversary Radio Free Brooklyn t-shirt. Oh, my. Hot dog. Hot diggity Hot dog. dog. Um, I have not seen these shirts, uh, but I, I'm sure they're fine. You can also dial... Oh, wait, no. This is a different number. Never mind. You can dial 718-673-8201 to leave us a message letting us know why you love, not like, love Radio Free Brooklyn. Or to wish I us love a happy birthday. Free Brooklyn. Um, your message may be played on air. Um, so there you go. What are you going to do? Hey, audience members, what are you going to do about that? Don't call in now. Um, yes, well, you can call into the number show. that I just gave you, but don't call into the show because we well, are clearing the airways for our big mm -hmm, guest. So mm -hmm. I think we should get to the news. I think so. Um, and... What I think is one of the coolest news uh, that's going on is um, all of the movies that are bombing right now. Uh, there's a bunch of movies that came out recently, and all of them are not doing too well. Like, critics are bombing a lot of these movies. Yeah. Number one is a film that you just saw. Uh, and I don't know if you want to wait till the end to talk about it, but I also well, just want to talk like about it. Should, we should talk about it now just because I want to hold all of our stuff, like... I want to talk to this last person long time. Mm -hmm. That's a good um, sentence. I used to, I just saw a uh, Star Wars Rise of the Silver Surfer mm. um, in theaters. Mm -hmm. And I, I personally didn't mind it. I thought Rise of the uh, oh, Skywalker, uh, Rise of the Skywalker. I thought it was not half bad. People Wait, did you are... actually think that it was Rise of the Silver Surfer? Did you not? Was no, that not a joke? of course not. Oh, no, okay. I just think it would who knows? You know, maybe Silver Surfer. Uh, well, technically, in the economic way, they are linked. You know, Marvel and and Star Wars. So, so Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker on uh, on Rotten Tomato has a fifty-seven percent, um, but it has a seven point ten on IMDb. Here's the thing: people are really shitting shitting on it because, um, I mean, it's really goofy and it does kind of like backtail a lot not a lot but like a lot of what last jedi did and there are those people who really like last jedi because it was different mm -hmm. um than the usual star wars 
Um, I think it was different, but you know, it's like it was not that great of a movie to just to begin with. Yeah. The other so. the other movie that I think is a little bit more uh a, a much bigger bomb is but no Cat- this the, cats yeah it yeah, has a cats like a is 4.5 on imdb yeah and it has a 19 percent on ron tomato Which, cats honestly is, it's it's how- also i just saw that universal is now updating the visual effects because now that's apparently a thing is people are sending while it's still in theaters they're sending updated versions of the movies that's what they did for sonic like it opened and people immediately were bashing well, it, the VFX. I think this it is didn't part open. It was it was in com- like they released a commercial, and then they bashed. It. Oh really? Okay, yeah. so I think this, but it's something that I I think people are relying way too much on visual effects nowadays. They think we've perfected it. We can do whatever we want with VFX, but yeah. there's still the uncanny valley is still there. And for those who don't know oh. the uncanny valley, it's whenever something is um. Just think Polar Express. When something looks like life, like it's trying to look really lifelike, but it isn't quite there, so it seems kind of strange. It seems. See, I think Polar Express scary. was okay because that was still marketed as like animation. When I can, what I consider Uncanny Valley is at the very end of Rogue One when Princess Leia yeah, that was turns, weird. A, turns around and it's just like, oh, you know, it's just like this CGI'd face. Yeah, that freaked me out. Yeah, which there's a moment, there's a very small moment in uh, Rise of the, I really want to say Silver Surfer, Rise of the Skywalker, where they show a young Princess Leia. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they they show a young uh, Luke, who looks, you know, like a young Luke, and then they show a young Princess Leia, and it's like, whoa, who the, what the hell? Like for some reason they just cannot get a young Leia right. So. Yeah, and then the other movie that it, uh, isn't really doing too well is um, Bombshell. Bombshell, at least what from what I've been seeing, it's the new movie with um, uh, about the whole Fox scandal. Um, oh yeah, no, I saw the photo of that. It was that supposed stinks. to, yeah. It, it it basically it seems like it's kind of more of like this comedy like it just it seemed like it hit, missed a lot of marks yeah. i haven't seen it but i'm just from from what i'm looking at it just seems like uh it doesn't yeah it looks like it has a 64 a on uh rotten tomatoes uh, so here's my thing and i and i really want to talk about our main topic but um so i saw rise of the skywalker i give it a like a, a 6.9 out of 10 mm. but the, here's the thing is like yeah i totally agree about your visual effects thing because i'm watch i watched the movie and i thought oh this is fun but then i was like oh i really want to watch star wars the original like the 1977 one uh and i watched that and i'm like oh this is all so i don't know it, it felt so much more real um to me even though it was like very very hokey 70s effects mm-hmm. it still felt great to me also, we are. De- I think theaters in the next thirty years will become a thing of the past. Like, I don't think truly- it'll be a thing in the past. I think no, the thing of the past. I think it will just be special. Like, people will only go. They'll be around, but I think they're only going to be around for like premieres and such like yeah. that. Because here's the thing: uh, I wasn't too bothered by it, but there were two kids right next to us on the other side of my dear old mother 
who were watching, like, were on their phones the entire time, like, half yeah. the time. And it's because kids are being raised on phones. Like, they don't, they don't get, like, I mean, personally, this is what I consider bad parenting, you know, not slapping your kid, or, well, not slapping, but, like, you know, telling your kids to put your phone away. Yeah. Um, but, like, the phones are just, it's it's almost kind of like a tick. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to like pull out your phone and look at it for either yeah. the time or to see if you're messaged. Um, it's not even like aware in your brain. Well, people now think of the theaters as like part of like their home. Like when I was watching uh, <laughs> Waves, actually- when I was watching Waves, there was these two punk kids that were talking throughout the whole entire movie. And I'm pretty sure I've actually, talked to on the show about this, but it was so I- annoying. And no, but that's- I think that, that- the- what, what? Well, that's what I'm talking about is actually that's a better simile is we're so used to watching things at home and not having anybody around us. We just like the theater is just an extension of that. So it's like we can lean over to our buddy and be like, wow, that's really like like, hey, how's Judy these days? You know, yeah. and I or think like, uh, your phone. Yeah. And, and also that's why I hate going to the theaters. I got to say. Yeah. But um, it's ruined. What was I going to say? Uh, well, part of what I, okay, one of the things I wanted to say, though, is that there are still a few films that are going to be coming out. There's a slew of Christmas films that are going to be coming out that are coming out on the 25th. There's Little Women, Uncut Gems. I'm really excited for 1917. Um, Uh, See, here's the great thing about these kind of movies is, like, Star Wars, here, that's another thing, is Star Wars and Joker, you know, all these, like, superhero and Marvel Basically, anything Disney puts out, you're going to have people who do not care about the film in the yeah. sense of like, eh, let's talk or eh, let's look at our phones. I don't I doubt kids will be at 19, uh, 1917. Well, they so might. I'm, you never know. Like they always are there. But let me continue. So the other films that are going to be coming out are Just Mercy, which is the lawyer film with uh, Michael B. Jordan. That and looks then fun. Clemency, or, which I, I know very little about, but it has a 98 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy I think moly. that's like a critics, like critics are raving about it. What is this? Clemens? Is it Clemency? about Samuel Clemens? Uh, wait, hold up. Your, your battery's low. Um, I'm, I'm low. Your battery's low. Um, is that your, is that your, uh, Bernie Sanders? No, <laughs> that's actually, I was going for Al Pacino, but I think my Bernie Sanders is much more, well, Bernie Sanders is much kind of, he's got a, a little bit of more, uh, like, blah, blah, you know, like, oh, hey, excuse me, do you have a few seconds on YouTube to listen to me? Yeah. Oi. That's how he, yeah, I can he give you free college all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyways, uh, yeah, so that's, that's our, I guess, our news. Do you have any news, Zach? Ah, la 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 la. Comic books. A lot of great comic books came out last week. Um, do tell. I mean, like a lot of great comic. So I know this is media, but like in a sense, comic books fuel a lot of what's going on in the movie industry. Like Joker was basically like half killing joke, half you know some other thing, and uh. Yeah, they finished uh, the um, Jeff Johns Jeff Johns uh, series on uh, on uh, Do- the the sequel to Watch Watchmen called Doomsday Clock. Just finished. 
It was okay. This reminds it, it, it me of okay. uh, your your but comic. They, oh, go ahead. Well, the, here's the thing. It took them like o- over a year to finish this comic, and it's only twelve issues, or like wait, I think it was over a year. But it's funny. It, it had so much art and depth to it, but the HBO series was like five times better and ended so much more satisfying. Yeah. I feel like you're talking about uh, comic books is like on uh, on cinema at the cinema whenever uh, Greg Turkeyton has his video, uh, whatever, Thanks. his movie video VHS classics or whatever. Well, you know. But it's I, fine. I, you know, it's I, part I of the thing. Comics. I will also say before we get to our topic, I want to talk briefly about Little Women because I feel like some people don't know this. But Little Women has actually already been made four times before. It's the star. It's the new star is born. Um that's why I'm not that excited about it. I heard it's a good film. I heard it probably will be fine, but I it's it was made in 94. It was made in the 50s. It was made in the 30s. And also there was a silent film that is considered a loss, but it was made in like the 19 like 1915. Though um, if you respect and uh, like to follow what uh, Greta Gerwig is doing, you will go out and see this film. Yes, of course. I'm still probably going to see enjoy, it. I very much enjoy me some Lady Bird. And uh, I think I like the story of Little Women. Like, I just remember our dear old mom. Like, that was one of her favorite stories. I think it's a cla- I, It's a classic. That's why it's been made over yeah. and over. Um, like, they're not... It, the whole thing is, like, they turned from Little Women into Big Girls, I think yeah, is the last that's, line. That's the... Uh... <laughs> and then the, the song... Big girls don't cry. Yeah, yeah. Stop playing. That actually was made in the fifties and was made for the uh, the fifties version. Oh, one last thing. My, we're already um, wasting time. What? Just one last thing. This is another spoiler, but not really. It's kind of more of a joke. The end. The how rise of the sil. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. What? I just want to say it doesn't end with um somebody walking off and like it's New York, you know. All right, cool. Like Anyways, uh, so let's talk about our, our subject for today. Um, Steven Spielberg. Okay, we're going to be, Steven Spielberg's going to be calling in. Uh, if you guys don't know, Steven Spielberg has had a bit of tumultuous history with our uh, podcast. He was the producer. He quit after a lot of his movies kind of bombed, even though he's no, still a billionaire. Um, you said it bombed. It, it, here's the thing. His movies didn't exactly bomb. It's just... They were not well received, and he kind of took it. And we're talking about Ready Player One and BFG, and um, you didn't really see this, but he uh, he kind of took it out on us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he was just he blamed he was, us actually in interviews. Like people like cut him off, but he if you start to see him in interviews, there was just like so Ready Free or not Ready Free. Well, so um, our or movie. BFG didn't really do too well at the box office. Like what? Well, and then he was just like, well, too f- he like was tr- well, about to swear. And then he was just like these two who radio yeah. people. And then he was just like, I'm done. I this I'm not going to talk about this right now. I'll, I'll well, how talk I about saw it later. The, how I saw those interviews is first he would say like, yeah, you know, like we had some trouble with uh, like scheduling and like he would tell the usual thing and then be like, but. And then they would cut him off, but what they cut off would say, but the real issue were these two numbnuts who took <laughs> up all of my time. I don't, they're a podcast, they, they, they record in a gymnasium, I hate them, 
I want to kill them. I'm slapping one of them tomorrow. So and, and he did. He did. Steven Spielberg, when he fired us, he slapped me right across the face. Yeah. Open hand. Open hand. Um, and he like really revved up. Um, for yeah, it. like I definitely could see it coming, but I was I was too shocked that I was getting fired. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was I. You know, I have a little bit more street sense, so I saw it coming, but I thought it would and be funny. Nothing. I you thought it would nothing. be funny to see you get hit, so I, I, I let it go. It adds to uh, our lore. It really just builds up for like five seconds. Like he actually was like winding his hand up, <laughs> and you were just kind of standing there, just like I am in shock like right now. Yeah, yeah, you just kept on calling him Mr. Spielberg over and over again, like Mr. B. Spielberg. What are you doing? And I was just yeah. like, Zach, you, you, you gotta, uh, nah, whatever. I don't care. I get a little. Um, I get a little. Uh, so he's coming nervous. on the show a little bit later. Um, the real one. This is the real Spielberg. Do not question us. Um, this is the real Spielberg coming on. Um, yeah, he and we don't know e- why. He, we don't know why. Yeah. He so, sent us an email saying he's been listening and he wants to tell us something. So in honor of Steven Spielberg, and I'm sorry that we ranted for like 22 minutes. Uh, at the beginning, but we want to do a kind of a, a little special on him. Mm-hmm. Just kind of talking about how much he's impacted us um, and yeah. kind of his origins. So I guess it all begins, like, uh, as with any uh, person, with his birth. Um, he was born uh, a poor uh, black child. No, I'm kidding. That's from... Uh, well, actually, I think he was, he was born a, a slightly upper class, middle, like, upper class... Upper middle class Jewish boy. Yes. Um, he was oh, he was born in Ohio, yeah. uh, Cincinnati. Yep, Cincinnati, Ohio in 1946. World War II had just ended. Um, but Vietnam was right around the corner. Yes, he was, but also he was too young. Oh, well, I guess that was uh, not right around the corner. No, actually, I don't know if you know about this, um, but uh, he was um, about, he was up for being drafted. Really? Like, yeah, his so his draft letter was coming in the mail, mm-hmm. and Steven Spielberg, as any kid would, I think he was like fourteen or you know he was young. Oh, yeah. he was seven, he was a seventeen year old boy about to go to college or be drafted, mm-hmm. um, and he was so very scared. Um, so he decided to go see a movie, and the movie he saw was two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, it was just kind of this unreal moment of seeing like this never like this truly maybe um life-changing movie for him mm-hmm. and after he was done with the movie his dad picked him up and told him that he um he was not drafted or like he was you know he had his at i think it was because of his asthma he was like an a4 oh, kind of yeah, kid yeah yeah so wait are you sure uh, it was that or was it lawrence of arabia oh uh, i think it was lawrence I, I think you maybe because I've heard him talk a lot about Lawrence. I, I'm pretty sure it's Lawrence of Arabia because I've heard the story a few times. For a while, Spielberg was my favorite director, which is why it was such an honor to work with him. But um, I, I, Steven he, Spielberg is my favorite uh, director. I he mean, is he is kind of the. He's changed my entire. I mean, he really like I credit Sam Raimi as the guy who made me realize. Oh wait, I can direct movies, but Steven Spielberg is what kind of set my imagination free yeah i i feel like for me like the beginning of movies of me like loving movies was watching close encounters of the third kind and i remember re-watching it recently and being like oh like i can see how this is so inspiring for kids because 
also watching E.T. and a lot of his films deal with avoiding growing up. Uh, I think Case and probably one of the most Spielberg films that I guess didn't really do too well, but was Hook. And I think Hook really represents a lot of what he uh, what his stories are kind of about. A majority of his films, of course, there's exceptions like uh, Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, but still, you can make an argument about how those films kind of tried to bottle something very horrific. Maybe for the exception of Saving Private Ryan, but it's he does so go for. To- he does go for um, emotional clarity. Like, that is one of his... I think that's why he is so successful, is he takes these sometimes very childish topics, like, you know, uh, Peter Pan or uh, things like that, but he, he he always wraps it up in this really great, like, uh, this catharsis at the end that really pays off. And that's, I think, one of his most famous and probably most well-loved films is Schindler's List. And I was reading, and I talked about this earlier, but I was reading a book that was comparing The Pianist with Schindler's List. And some people don't like Schindler's List because it takes a horrific incident that a lot of people say, like, can never be made into poetry, should never be, like, turned into art. It should just be, like, the Holocaust was horrible. And he kind of ropes it into, like, there is there was a little bit of good in the, like, there was something... Like, some people feel like he was he was saying, like, some good things did come out of the Holocaust, which... I'm sure it wasn't his intent, but that is the that is why some people don't like Schindler's List. Um, now, see, when I I think it was Steven Spielberg or yeah, I believe it was Steven Spielberg or it was um, who uh, Ralph uh, uh, Ralph Fiennes Ralph Fiennes who was talking about this. But um, what um, what they were thinking the Schindler's List was really about was not about like the Holocaust. I mean, it was about the Holocaust, but what it was about was during a horrible time, how normal people can be corrupted and have absolute power or like be taken away by absolute power. Because like the 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 villain from or not the like the main Ralph Fiennes character in Schindler's List, I think he had like a normal job before this. But because of the Nazis, he was given this high power. And who knows? I mean, it just it grows that hatred and evil inside of you. Wait, are um, you saying that, that someone interpreted Schindler's List as that was one of the main takeaways that like normal people can become bad? Yes. But that I don't think that I don't think that works. I don't I don't I agree. That, I, think I don't that, think that, that wasn't okay. the main cuz it didn't focus they were already bad when the movie began. It didn't focus on someone who was like a shop clerk and then became a Nazi. No, that, that was not the, the focus is, at all. I disagree with that completely. No, I am not. I'm decided on this. Yeah, there's there's a whole conversation between Schindler Schindler and uh, Aaron Gola, uh, Gola. I can't. Yeah, I forget, continue, about, yeah. Like, about how like why do you why do you have to kill why do you have to kill when you could just rule in fear like just rule in fear why do you have to slaughter these people and it's that thing of like like you know you are the king of this this castle you know maybe a little grace will go a long way and uh gomer I'm, i want to call him gomer but it's not but uh ralph fine's character tries that for like a hot second and then of course because you know he's an evil he evil has taken over he decides to he decides to be you know i i think that that's kid. that i don't understand that conclusion because he already there was if your conclusion is that the movie is 
one of the main takeaways is that good people not like can turn bad. It would have began with one of these Nazis being good. And at no well, point it, in the film were any of the Nazis good. But I think this is this is had Steven Spielberg on. We'll talk about it with him later. And I I'll, I might, you know, talk to him about these allegations. Because, but because I think we should the, also I think we should go because okay. we got distracted. We should mm -hmm. go back into the past. What he became. So Spielberg is very well known for being part of the American uh, New Wave or New Hollywood, which started, well, most of it is attributed, and you can say otherwise, but most of it is attributed to George Lucas, um, Scorsese, De, uh, uh, um, De Palma, uh, De Palma Brian, um, De Palma. Brian De Palma and, and Spielberg. A little bit of uh, Peter Bogdanovich, uh, Peter Bogdanovich. Hal Ashbery, Asp and yeah. then... Has and then you can also say it, it began with Arthur Penn's uh, Bonnie and Clyde. I mean, if we're if we're doing it based on the book uh, Easy Rider, Raging Bull, yes. Um, you could also say that it begins with Easy Rider. Um, which, but though, which one came first? I believe Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde came did first. come first. Um, but it's kind of saying like. The, which one uh, which the, created the blockbuster the Star new, Wars or Jaws the new directors Jaws. but back to Spielberg the new directors that that is what he's known for being part of that like that new wave um which came about and a lot of people say that it comes about because of all these people who are graduating from film school and this was like the first time where studios were kind of out of options they were losing a lot of money and they realized we have all this new fresh minds coming from schools why don't we like go to them and give them some money? Like what? What? And this is also, I don't. I don't know. Was Bob Evans? What did he have something to do with this? I don't think he was in part. He I wasn't mean, really part of that because he he mostly worked with like Godfather and like uh, what's his name? Um, who directed Godfather again? Uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Francis Ford Coppola was kind of part of the new wave, but he was a li little bit older than all of these other people. Uh, well, no, I would no. He was part of the new wave just because he ushered in. He was kind of like, in a sense, the godfather of this group. Yeah, he he definitely I, shepherded these new young people. But um, like, and, and it's fun too to see each of their paths because they all started in, in different stuff, and a lot of them. And we we should definitely do a topic on Roger Corman. Mm -hmm. A lot of them started from Roger Corman, who was a, a B movie. B through Z movie producer. Wait, are you talking? Who, oh, pro producer. Okay. Yeah, but he started a lot of the new wave cinema people. He did Martin Scorsese, Brian De Palma, Francis Ford Coppola. Wait, you talking about him or the guy that directed Shadows? No, that's that's um, um, John Cassavetes. Okay, he so was okay. he was the one who inspired Martin Scorsese Got to it. do um, Mean Streets, but. Um, when we talk about Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg's main influence or like person who believed in him was Sidney Scheinberg, mm -hmm. Scheinberg, uh, yeah. who um, this is to, where Steven Spielberg got his start is I believe he was a 21 year old kid um, and he made a student film called well, before, Amblin. Yes. Before that, he did. There was a little bit of a stint where he it's a myth. In Hollywood, in which he came on to this, uh, that's he not a snuck, myth. He he confirmed it. No, 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 it's wrong. He uh, he what, he. But no, I've Spielberg. I've read places that he just likes to build up that myth, but it's wrong. Oh, okay. Well, it's he is a the myth that he has 
curated is that he snuck onto Universal set and he basically just took over an office and started just working and just people just started assuming that he worked at Universal. Um, oh. And that's how, and he did it like one summer. In actuality, what it seems like was busted is that he was an intern. Like he got he got this job as like a summer unpaid internship and he didn't sneak on. He basically maybe some of that's true. Maybe he was an intern, but he like snuck into an office, but he didn't just jump off. Of, uh, no, uh, see what, what I heard is kind of a mixture of that is he wasn't an intern and he didn't like work at all. What he did is he would go onto the movie sets and just watch them. Yeah. And one of the famous ones uh, from what I heard is he was yelled at by Hitchcock. Um, Alfred Hitchcock yeah. on the set of uh, Marnin, like the one with um, with uh, um, the one that has Sean Connery in it. I don't know. Anyways, he was yelled at by uh, uh, Alfred Hitchcock to get off his set. And so where everybody has their beginnings and how they get their start. And Steven Spielberg made a, 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 a short, but I think it was like 45 minutes called Amblin, which a later became the inspiration for his title of his production agents uh, company called Amblin Entertainment. So he makes this film called Amblin, submits it to some festivals, it's a hit, and this guy, Sidney uh, Scheinberg, who at the time was the president of, he was the studio head for Universal Studios, and he sees this, he calls up Steven Spielberg and says, hey kid, I think you got the chops, how about we do a five-year contract that you work for me to uh, direct um, TV at Universal Studios? And he's like, oh, boy, gee golly, Mr. Scheinberg, I love you. And he's like, calm down, kid, put it back. But I, once pants. again, I, I want to back backtrack. It didn't start with he was also already working on. Didn't he? Already, I, th I thought like before that he had already directed some like he had already directed like some TV show like he directed uh, Columbo. He had already directed. No, but that's that's how he got. Oh, so that's how he, how got, he the got contract. It? OK, yeah, he, he did five TV. He did. Uh, he directed like six shows and I have it right here. He directed Marcus Welby, MD, uh, Night Gallery, which actually is what he's famous, like one of his famous beginnings because he worked. One of the first people he ever worked with was uh, Joan Crawford. Yeah, yeah, was notoriously. Uh, hard to work with so yeah. you have this like 21 year old pimpled face kid working with one of the toughest actresses at the time um for the first time and then he did the name of the game the psychiatrist and then of course my favorite he directed the uh, the pilot episode of columbo uh so he's starting off new and then part of his contract is he was able to direct a tv movie called duel yeah, and Duel is considered to be well. He doesn't consider it to be, but I mean, it is a movie. Mm -hmm. But S Steven Spielberg is notorious for not thinking movies are movies if they're on TV. Yeah, uh, which isn't that kind of a funny thing, Sam? That he is so like against. Like now, we definitely think movies are movies, even if it is streamable. Yeah, but he started off kind of making the greatest. Um, one of the greatest uh, TV, like TV, TV movies, yeah. movies, like something you see at home. Yeah. So in, that, in a sense, I, that's why I consider uh, Jurassic Park to be the greatest um, um, 
metaphor for Steven Spielberg's career in the sense that Steven Spielberg keeps ma- like he he kept reinventing the wheel when it came to uh, cinema, uh, but it it came to bite him in the ass. In the I, sense I don't of, understand that metaphor. What do you mean? He well, let me let me explain wheel. to you. He like let's use that for example. He made one of the greatest TV movies, right? Okay, that's one Who example. Knows it, down the line, now all the movies are basically streamable and okay. TV. What's another example? He, Another example is uh, CGI. He made one of the greatest and still holds up to this day, Jurassic Park. Oh, so Jurassic Park is the metaphor for Jurassic Park. Well, I'm just saying, like, it's the clearest example of how, of how, like, creating something that's beautiful and wonderful can come and bite you because he made this great CGI movie and it was one of the first, you know, Truly, like audiences found this to be the first time where CGI was, you know, used and used correctly. And now every movie ever made has CGI, whether it's background characters or or nothing but. And that's and that's something with Spielberg that I think is is a little bit looking back on it is a little bit troubling to me because Spielberg. Why he's not one of my favorite directors now is, and I'm going to be totally honest, I know he's going to be coming on soon, but I'm just going to be totally honest, is I think that he is perfectly rides the line of, like he invented, so his next film, Jaws, invented the blockbuster. Like everyone kind of points it out, like this is the first summer blockbuster film. And it was, it it made it. I say this, but that was not his next film. Sugar, After Duel. Oh, you're right. Sugarland Express. But Sugarland Express got him a little bit more critic acclaim. It was pretty good, um, but it just got him more acclaim. It, it didn't really... I don't think a lot of people cited it. But, like, Jaws was definitely the thing that blew him up. And John was horrible. Notoriously, it was horrible to film. It was... Everyone was still kind of shitting on him at this point. Um, Sugarland was also his first film. Like, it was his first film outside of TV. But Jaws, like... People were still saying he's so young. He was still in his 20s. But then he, he made Jaws and everything. They were still saying he was still too young. I mean, it, it, there's the there's the whole story of, like, how his DP and, like, you know. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Is in Jaws, people were saying he was too young, like, during the making of it. And you had Robert Shaw, who was, like, drunk all the time. Yeah, Robert you know, Shaw was, was drunk, and that one guy, like, hated him, hated the movie. What was his name? Like, uh, are you talking about um, Roy? Uh, not Roy Sh- uh, Schneider. Not, not Roy Schneider. Um, I'm looking it up. I can't believe this. We have to look it up. Um, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, Richard Dreyfus. Like went on. Like was. I guess was. It was like he was saying like for promotions. He was saying he doesn't like the movie Jaws. He thinks it wasn't made well. But then it it, it blew up. Like it it blew. Like it was the first. It didn't just blow up. It re. Like a lot of people point to. Jaws as like the reinvention of uh, or is like bringing basically made current cinema of like this whole Hollywoodization of films. Well, and I disagree. Also- well, hold on. I disagree because oh I always feel like Star Wars is the beginning of that kind of that that binge into what, where we are now. And I think the thing with Spielberg is why he is so. Why he has. He kind of toes the line of both being very Hollywoodized, having these very clear-cut endings, but at the same time, it doesn't really push any boundaries 
I mean, it pushes boundaries like, yeah, he used VFX, he, he did some new intuitive things, but it didn't do anything very, it didn't do anything really interesting story-wise. Like, a lot of his stories can be, like, the story structure can be placed back to older films. Now, when I saw Jaws, or now seeing Jaws, and I truly do, like, I can sit down and watch Jaws at any time. When I see Jaws, after seeing all his other stuff and kind of like the 1970, like a lot of 1970s movies, I consider Jaws kind of a a fantastic, if not the greatest B movie ever. It's got yeah. a very hokey story, but it's well acted and it's well written. It's about a shark that terrorizes a little village. Yeah, and of course. There's been sequels and rem- like redos like Piranha and and you know Snakes on a Plane, you know all these different kind of things, but they're all none of them have won Oscars. Yeah, you know none of them they're are cheesy. critically. Yeah, they're super like they are B movie, and I think that's kind of what defines say Jaws and Star Wars in the sense that they hit on it right. Like they did it. Maybe it was something about like they did it first, or they learned they were in the right place at the right time. But like just those little things make it so much better. And I think a lot of a lot of Spielberg. And and that's why I think he still is one of the great like he is a great storyteller because his next film after Jaws, Close Encounters of the First Kind, is my favorite. What? Oh, no, I'm just like saying like in the 70s, he he was 80s. He was just. Yeah, he also Spielberg is one of those people who really just consistently kept hitting it like he he did uh, close encounters which is my favorite and i think one of the craziest things about close encounters is how he is able he just like recorded random people having random conversations that were funny and there was like these weird funny moments throughout the film but also like he was just so able to use like situations that he also did in jaws like situations in where he did a lot of like showing and not really telling like there's the one scene where this guy's driving um the same person that bashed jaws he's in the movie as the star and he's driving drink yeah and then he's driving in a car and the car comes up behind him he waves him the car you know goes around him and i forgot about that so i immediately thought it would be the next part which is later in a few seconds later another car comes up behind him and it has the same headlight thing and he like is waving him to go around and the car just slowly rises and just disappears. And then he forgets about it. And then it's like this ins- like crazy. And the whole singing, like the song thing was just so genius. Like the only way to talk to these aliens is through like this song. And it's just there's so many scenes in which it's just shot so beautifully. And, and then also, he goes what you, on. What? What do you think about like, you know, Fran- uh, Francis, Truf- uh, Francis Truffaut is one of the main characters in it. Yeah, this he's is in the it. Guy who revolutionized, um, you know, cinema in another way, French New Wave. He was he was basically uh, Steven Spielberg before. St- you know, he he was part of the French New Wave. And, and I always love it. In, I always love it when movie. directors are in like other directors' films. Like very much so. Directors who obviously influenced directors are in there. Like uh, I was just watching Heartburn the other day. Have you ever seen the Mike Nichols film? You know, no, I have not. Well, I'll talk about it. Well, we were running out of time, but um, it's a great film about uh, with Jack Nicholson and Meryl Streep. Jack Nicholson is basically it's Jack Nicholson cheats and Meryl Streep, and it's based on a true story about the the guy from um, uh, uh, the yes. president's 
not President's Men. Yeah, the President's Men, all the President's Men or something. About Are the, you talking about uh, Woodward and Bernstein? Yeah, the, one of them. I think, I forget which one it was. Uh, cheated on, in real life, cheated on his wife, and Meryl Streep plays the wife. No! Anyways, in that film, Milos Forman is randomly in it. And I was just Ooh. like, why is Milos, like, I was just like, this is so random. Milos Forman is in this film. Anyways, um, but yeah, oh, so Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Okay, go ahead. Same thing is I didn't know till years later, and I'm saying years later, that in Blues Brothers, at the very end, when they go to the um, the county clerk to pay off uh, the, the the debt that the nurse, the, the nunnery has, the guy who's the, the, the notary guy is Steven Spielberg. And he has like two lines. And I never knew that it was Steven Spielberg. So anyways, uh, just, we're yeah. running out of time. So I just wanted to like add on to his like his history. So right after Close Encounters, he made this movie called 1941, which was the end of the 70s. 1941 was like his first flop. That movie kind of bombed. But then he immediately afterwards in 1981 begins his new thing, which is like making these films that he kept making sequel, uh, like just, I don't know, just intensifying his career. He immediately makes Raiders of the Lost Ark, which was one of Zach's favorite films. And it it is my favorite film of all time. And it is like... The epitome Number of an one. adventure film. Then he makes E.T. Then he makes another Indiana Jones. Then late, flash forward later in the 80s, he makes The Color Purple, which is some people question it because it's a white director directing a black story. But in the 80s, it was kind of it was kind of hard to have black. It was there wasn't a whole lot of black directors, so it probably Still, wouldn't have been made. I haven't seen that. it. And then he I, makes I've, another I've one of my good. A one another another one of my favorites. Sorry if I'm yelling, but I'm trying to get this through. Another one of my favorites, Empire of the Sun, which starts, um, what's his face, his career? Christian Bale. Christian Bale's career. He was a kid. He was a brilliant actor. Makes Jurassic he Park. Sings. Jurassic Park. A Hook was the first movie of the 90s. Make Jurassic Park. And now we're in 93. He makes Schindler's List. And this is kind of, in his mind, is the peak of his career. Um, and then Saving Private Ryan, another one of my favorite ones. And then I think he starts to... St- Start of starts to stumble away in, in the early 2000s. In the early 2000s, he makes AI and AI He's not classics. Really, He's yeah, AI was. I mean, really, I think really great, but it was Kubrick's film that he wanted to make before he died. And they're so, fantastic movies, but they're just they they aren't say, um, you know, yeah. they they're don't not change anything. Icon- they're kind of just. He starts Though, to doing his own thing, and that's why I think a lot of people don't really talk about him anymore, is because after War of the Worlds, <coughs> which it seems like more of a D, like something you would see in a DVD pile. Yeah, like you don't, I guess you don't maybe get the collector's edition of War of the Worlds. More so, Catch Me If You Can. I think Catch Me If You Can is like the last great Spielberg film. Um, I agree. And then after that, uh, he's yeah, making Lincoln, Bridge of Spies. The BFG, The Post, Ready Player One. I really enjoyed Adventure. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, the Adventures of Tintin. That was I'm fun, just... but that was just like a little experiment. He was that was very Robert Zemeckis esque. Yes, like, but I I thought it was like why doesn't he do more? I felt that same fun that I felt in the Indiana Jones stories. Now, actually, at the beginning of this podcast, uh, the radio show, I was thinking, you know, he should do a musical, and that is why I'm excited for West Side Story. I I. I mean, I think West Side Story with the flair that Steven Spielberg has, I think it could be 
very good. And it's honest, great music. I've honestly lost faith in Spielberg. Uh, I know he's about to come on pretty soon, but I've lost faith in Spielberg. <laughs> and um, he, after the consistent, I liked War Horse just because it's World War One, but I War Horse was too. okay. Indiana like Jones Blanket. sucked. Munich might have been fine. I didn't see it. Uh, Bridge, Bridge of Spies uh, was. That's the one that made me go, oi. Like that, but that was, was more so. That was also written by the Cohen brothers. So I feel like it was. Really? I think of it as kind of like this mashup. BFG was horrible, like yeah. atrocious. The Post, I didn't, didn't, see I, it. didn't see it. At this point, I was kind of stopped caring. I, I saw Ready Player One, really bad. And now, so, it's honestly, something... no offense. And Lincoln was fine. It was fine. I liked it. I, I, I liked it. I liked it. I, I mean, it was nothing that I... I just feel like now Scorsese, for instance, is really coming back into the conversation with Irishman. Like, Irishman is still pushing boundaries of the new well, wave directors. He does Netflix. He does of, it in Netflix Yeah, he's, he's kind of giving in or a little bit to the streaming. He accepts the coming of things to change. But, like, of the new wave directors, Scorsese is real, still very relevant. And Spielberg, unfortunately, he is a billionaire. Uh... I'm getting a call. I think it's Spielberg. Oh, is it Steven Spielberg? We should probably something say something nice. Yeah. Uh, Steven Spielberg is a great director. I uh, he's influenced. Uh, Wait. My let life. me let me just text him back real quick. Uh, I'm okay if you have to drop you. me and then call me back. Um, we tested this, uh, folks at home. We tested this three-way chat thing. Yeah. So, anyways, before before yeah, closing words on Spielberg is I think he's had a obviously a genius director, but I think he's not relevant anymore. Uh, but he still lives in our hearts, so in a sense, I think he is relevant. And he's coming on our show, so... Yes! So let me just type in his name. I'll say his, um, his Gmail out, out loud. Spielberg... Also, um, I, dot, I, I just put... Dot com. Don't, what? Um, I just want to also say, Steven Spielberg is a fantastic producer. He made a lot of 1990s cartoons. Like, yeah, sure. Uh, Animaniacs. Oh, yeah, he did Animani Animaniacs and some uh, other things. Pinky All right. in the Brain. So, anyways, I just clicked it. Um, and uh, here's Steven Spielberg. Let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let's see what he has to say. Oh. I gotta, oh. oh, I'm seeing him. And there he is. It's Steven Spielberg. Everybody, Steven Spielberg. Hey, it's Steven Spielberg, Spielberg, everyone. What's up, Hi. Spielberg? How are you? Oh, I'm very good. I'm good, Spielberg. How are you? Yeah. Did you have you liked the show so far? What's going on? Uh, yeah, I've I've listened to your show. I uh, it's it's been interesting. Um, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so uh, I've yeah I I have been listening. I've decided that I've come to the conclusion that it is it is garbage actually. What? Um. Now wait now wait you you, wait. Are you saying like uh? That. You know, like Zach, Zach, I'm glad that I'm your favorite director. And Thanks, Sam, and you are. Sam, I'm glad that of all my movies that you chose to say, you chose Hook. But uh, <laughs> I said some other I movies. Know that you know, uh, you know, Hook, Hook. I, okay, I'm. What do you not like, Hook? What's wrong with Hook? Wait, is that the uh, insulting thing? Yeah, is that the insulting thing? Is that we talking about movies of mine that bombed? And, you know, I feel like the biggest thing that I've ever worked on, the biggest bomb I've ever been a part of is honestly your podcast. Uh, Wait, is this, I mean, what, 
Did you did you just come on the show to to debash us? We really thought that there was going to be some sort of connection. I was just being honest on this podcast. No, we, we, I'm sorry, Spielberg. You slapped my talk brother. About me anymore? I'm Steven Spielberg. What did, wait? What did I call you? I forget what I said. Did I say you, Stevie? You called, little Stevie? Is that is that okay if I call you little Steve? Sam, this is Mr. Spielberg. I'm Mr. Sorry. Spielberg. I'm I'm sorry. I know we've had some trouble in the past, but like, I really. Uh oh. I don't know why it's frozen, uh, but now my computer is frozen. Kick us off. All right, all right. Do you have that kind of power to do that? We're live. We're live, I'm, guys. I'm Steven Spielberg. All right, Spielberg. Oh Sorry about that. And technical... where are you? Steven Spielberg just says the power is I don't know how. We're, we're going to have to. Do we have lawyers? Wait, what just happened? Sorry. I, I We were completely frozen. And now we're back. Yeah, so that, that seems like a pattern. <laughs> Steven Spielberg is kicking us off. He's replacing us with bigwigs like Leonardo DiCaprio and. Uh, wait, wait! Uh, did you guys Giga just have this Morganson. giant conversation that no one else has heard? Right now, we just came back in. What did you guys just say? So, <laughs> so we're changing the show. You guys are out. The show will now be called Two Thumbs Decided. <sighs> Each episode will be two Academy members reacting positively to a screening of Green Book that I host. Oh my goodness, it's just going to be Green Book related? Every episode. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, sorry. I'm trying to catch up the audience as well as myself. You're, you're saying that we are not, uh, that you're, you're taking over this show. Is that what's happening? Green Book radio show. It's going to be a Green Book radio show. Yes. yes. And he's kicking us off because we've been having technical issues. So what, what is the, wh how long do we Which have? Tell us, point. tell us how long we have. I mean, we have until you can get your audio fixed. No, tell and us how long we have until we are kicked off. Do we have I mean, a, do we? Is next show our last show is what I'm saying. I think we I can I think we can make that deal. That I don't want will be your last show. Sam, you asshole! Sorry, why I did you give it? To, why did you just say that? You should have said till next year. Damn it, Mr. Spielberg! Please, can we have more than an episode? You have next episode. Fuck! I said it, folks. I'm, I said the f word. I am you kissed, Spielberg. I'm Steve sorry Spielberg. I was been so mean to you. I just want to apologize real quick. I'm sorry I've been so mean to you. It's too late. It's but too late. I really think that we can reconsider. This is it, Sam. <laughs> no, this can't be it. All right, tune in next guy, next episode, guys. And uh, <laughs> I guess I don't know what we're going to be doing. <laughs> Say my name. <laughs>